Welcome to Kitchen Table, candid conversations about sex, relationships, and being human. I'm Brittany Palacastro. I'm Nick Anthony, and today we're talking to Greta Hotmer about the tools we use to heal. Hello, Nick. Hello, Brittany. <laughs> I'm excited about today's guest because she is the creator of our beautiful music at the beginning and end of this. Love receiving that and playing that back and being like, that's it. It was such a lovely <laughs> collaboration. You know, I, and we'll talk about this, but I've, Greta's like the person that I've known the longest besides family yeah. in my life. We met in college when I was 21 and I don't have any of those people in my life anymore. And, you know, we've come and gone. We haven't been consistent, but there's a lot of love there and a lot yeah. of reverence and respect for each other. And so to have her a part of this project in such an integral way has just means, means so much to me. Yeah, that's beautiful that, uh, that that relationship still exists and is in your world. Yeah, it's nice when that happens. It wasn't always, you know, the case for me to have, like, I don't have friends from high school. I don't have, that's just, for me, as I grew, um, I kind of grew out of people. And I know, you know, that's been your experience too. It's very rare. Like, I have very few friends that I still talk to from high school. I mean, it's not consistent really, but for the most part, yeah, it's rare. Like, sometimes you just move on and move past and... With love. With love, yeah. And that's okay. And it's okay to move on and to move past and to grow or is it beyond, but just grow in a different yeah. direction. It all, it all adds to, you know, the whole, and it's all contributed to who I am today. Everyone that I've known and befriended. Yeah. And that's really beautiful, mm -hmm. right? That we can keep a piece of those people in our hearts, even the ones that like broke them, you know? Fact. <laughs> There's so much uh, input and information and uh, stuff to learn from all of it. Yeah, I agree. Let's do it. Welcome to Kitchen Table. I'm Brittany. I'm Nick. And today we have a special guest, <laughs> the creator of the amazing, beautiful music that you hear at the beginning and end of this podcast, amongst other amazing things, which we will share in just a moment. Greta Hotmer is here with us. Greta is a strong believer that creativity will save the world. She tries to live by the mission to positively impact any life she may happen to touch. And her goal is to help others claim their power by way of the things she creates, she has a musical career spanning from high school to now. That's a long one. <laughs> she has a <laughs> master's in therapeutic herbalism and integrative nutrition, founder of, and creator of Hawk Couture, currently a crystal jewelry, but expanding to herbalism products and apparel. She's a martial arts practitioner, currently Brazilian jiu-jitsu, badass, the mother of cats, one I believe is sitting on her lap right now. <laughs> She's also living with chronic Lyme and the party that is life with autoimmune disease, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Welcome, Greta. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me. We're so happy to be uh, connecting with you. We've, you know, we had a collaborative process to create the music with you and I feel like whenever the three of us get together, uh, we <laughs> we're just go off for gab to gab gab gab. I know we were like hit record and go. <laughs> yeah, we were doing this. I was like, oh, we should be recording all of these beautiful things that we're saying. <laughs> so now we are. Now we yes. are. So yes. now we got to do it. <laughs> no pressure, everybody. <laughs> but on, on the serious note, thank you so much for the music. Like hearing it, I was just like, this is it. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is the track right here. This is it. I was like, it's perfect. 
it was literally an honor. And it was a very cool process on my end because so many other songs came out while I was doing it, which was cool, especially when I do a project for somebody. It's, you know, the closest thing I can think is to like a channeling experience, right? Like I'm really, that's when we met and we were talking about like your vision and your energy is with everything. And then I try to embody that when I'm writing something while also, you know, still not just like making something up that isn't of me as well, but it was just really special. And it was so cool to be able to like send it to you guys and then hear, you know, where you guys wanted to hear some other direction come in and then to be able to do that for you guys and with you guys. It was like the highlight of my fall. So it was, it was really special. Yeah. Yeah. I was very excited to work on it. Thank you. Yeah. And it's beautiful just to bear witness to that creative process, right? Like you are an artist in many ways not just one, but, and I think that's a lot of times artists are, an artist isn't just someone who does something or creates something or knows how to do something or has a talent, but an artist, I believe is channeling, right? That, that creative expression through sometimes one channel and sometimes several and some, and then really, you know, when we can drop into that, it's just an expression of the way we move through life. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's like creativity can save the world, like, what does that mean? And it was something, I think I heard something similar to this, you know, along my healing journey. I would listen to many authors and many teachers and it was a thread that wove throughout and I didn't really claim my creative expression as like the thing that really I wanted to offer and felt like I should offer truly. Like I didn't really own that until a couple of years ago, I guess. And it was that. It was that like message I kept coming back to that because I'm not like my grandfather was an artist, literally in the sense of painting, right? And like drawing. There was somebody in my life who was like, I don't like the term artist. I had this real weird, like, because it was like, I'm an artist, you know, like that kind of, you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Calm down. Get down off your pedestal. Get down off of it. <laughs> Where does this fit? You know what I mean? Like creativity can save the world. Like it's more that I think of it as thinking and feeling and intuiting outside of the box, outside of the framework that we're given and not to reject the framework necessarily, but it's all of it. I try to observe a lot and take in and learn and listen and be really open and receptive, sort of like when we did our collaboration, right? So like, what is it that you guys see? Okay, this is from my expertise or whatever. This is what I I recommend, that kind of thing. And that is a creative approach. So like we can have that creative approach and no matter what we're doing, no matter whether it's in a social context or an artistic context or your business approach, you know, I think as somebody who has my own business and creative endeavors, That is how I approach it. Like, okay, I have an opportunity to create a new type of business structure, not the one that has been handed down. How do I want that to look? It's like, I think that if we approach things like that, that will allow for an evolvement that, you know, will save the world, will help evolve us in a better direction if we allow ourselves to. And it's not something that comes easily all the time where we all have the luxury of doing. But when we do, it's like, take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. It also, in terms of my connection with my artistry, my creativity, and I feel like I'm always battling my creativity at times, especially when it comes to like work and survival. Like mm-hmm. I'll get to a space where I'm so in it and the idea of me doing anything outside of like the work or the, like the actual job like uh, drains me. I'll try to find spaces where I can be quiet or I can move slowly outside of those energetics overall when it comes to like the actual job itself, but uh, like the sustenance of like creativity in general. Ethan Hawke has this uh, brief speech that, he, that, that I saw him do like, on, on Instagram or something like that. He's like, not everyone's going to be an artist. Not everyone can draw a picture, but like 
we all experience like these like hard things in life. And then in those hard spaces, like we look for like that poetry, that music, that art that kind of like pushes through and like feed us a little bit. You're like, oh, wow, I'm connecting with this thing in a different way and it feels good to me. So it confuses me when we try to erase the creativity in like spaces and like having kids like get into these things. And it's just like really important that we are nurturing that part of our brains. Absolutely. It feeds us. It's nourishment. Yes. Sustenance. Absolutely. I just wanted to take a moment just to absorb that because it's really beautiful. <laughs> this idea that well, it's a collaboration. You know what I hear you saying, Greta? My mind, when you first said that, went to just the way that you and I, Nick, are choosing to live so outside of the box just by being polyamorous. Yeah. Like that's part of it. You know, it's having the carriage to go your own way in whatever that is, right? And I, I think that's the embodiment of creativity as well, is choosing what is authentic to you and how you want to put it out in the world. And in relationships, we are still putting ourselves out into the world, yeah. whether it's one person or several or the other creative ways that we put ourselves out in the world as a contribution. What I hear you say, Nick, is that when that is conflicted by capitalism is when it gets so challenging. Hard. Because it's like, oh, I have this thing. And, And a lot of times it's like, oh, I have this passion. I have this talent. I have this gift. I have this tool, which we're gonna get to how we use these tools to heal, right? I have these things. And okay, well, that means that I have to make money from them. Like I have to use them to make money because this is what I'm good at. And it doesn't necessarily, you know, have to be the case. It makes sense in some ways, but I also have a lot of respect for people that, you know, have like the full-time job and then do their other stuff on the side for fun and for joy. Absolutely. You know, like my partner does that. Like he's wildly artistic and he has like a job that he's very successful at. And he also has all these other things and finds ways to tap into them, you know? And so I think that it's a dance (laughs) as to how we want to engage. Exactly, exactly. And if you go back to the sustenance and the nourishment portion of it, and again, that is, you know, right, that's like the saving of, that is the tool. That is one of the biggest tools, right, is having that. And about that for him, that's the way that that is sustaining him and nourishing him. And I was thinking about this in preparation for our conversation today about like, I used to listen to a lot of like manifesting and blah, 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 and all of that, like (laughs) real like effort. And I'll talk about more of that later because that goes a lot into my journey. But, you know, having the ability to like, people are always like, do what you love and you won't work a day, whatever. No. Yeah. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. I mean, part of my martial arts training and part of working with and doing a lot of like things that are very uncomfortable, you know, is finding a way to have a relationship with things that are uncomfortable and not having an emotional charge around it the same way that I used to, right? To be like, oh, this is bad. This is good. And that takes a lot of work to do, but that offers then a place of like, if you do choose to do something like your creativity and have it be not only your energetic sustenance, but your financial sustenance, right? Like having, being able to embrace the things that are not like the military has a phrase, embrace the suck. And I actually love that because it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're just like, well, I'm here, you know, like that's what's happened. I are doing things that aren't in the creative space that, but that contribute to your creative expression. But, you know, it's like that may work for some people. I think for me, I'll say it works now that I don't like have the approach of like, this will be the thing that when I put it on my vision board and I, and then it becomes this thing and then everything is done. Like that's not how I live my life anymore. I'm very much live 
in a way that is, I'm more into the process than the result. I'm more interested in like the weeds. I'm like, what's in here? You know, that for me works. I try to stay in that. I tend to be happier when I'm in that space, whether it's good or bad, you know, good or bad. But I love so much, you know, hearing, especially during this like time in our culture and our world, that people are finding that nourishment by connecting with something that makes them feel creative, whether, you know, it's cooking or writing, picture, whatever. We have so many outlets for it too now. Like with technology, we have so many outlets for it. And I know basically anybody I talk to, if they're like, you know, I'm working this job, but it's not nourishing me. You know, my like next questions, I'm like, so what do you like to do creatively speaking? You know, yeah. Yeah, like, what does nourish you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, what does nourish you? I love Tara Brock. I don't know if you guys listen to her podcast at all, but it's like, that's one of the things that nourishes me. I don't know if it's her quote, but she quotes it a lot. And it's, it's not survival of the fittest, but it's survival of the nourished, I believe is the. Mm. Yeah. And then you can take it a step further, thriving of the nourished. <laughs> thriving. You know, because it's not just about surviving, it's about thriving. Those kind of statements, like that kind of, that statement is rooted in some ways in privilege. So I like to acknowledge that, you know, <laughs> that for a lot of people, thriving is a privilege, right? It is. And that for some, surviving is all they know. All they know and all they will know and all they is important and vital. I mean, survival is vital. And so I think that's important to recognize. And in that space of having that privilege, like, what are you going to do with it? And so, because I think that as especially, you know, in creativity, there is an element and an opportunity to be of service. That doesn't mean service in the most traditional form. It can mean through our creative gifts and talents and tools, what are we offering? Music, you know, a beautiful picture, the way that Nick, you know, go, he's does a lot of weddings and is like an integral part of these people's huge. Yeah. Creating this, like, cause he has such a way of setting, you know, holding space and being firm when needed. Like there's boundaries that are needed at weddings to make things run smoothly. And Nick's really good at that. Like, you know, my fire comes out like boom, you know, like but Nick can like be firm and have boundaries and have a smile on his face and make people feel comfortable and like you have the ability to do that. That's a gift. Well, yeah. <laughs> right? Like that's a talent. That's part of your creativity. That's part of who you are. Yeah. It's that it's taken me work to be able to do that being in a relationship, being in a, <laughs> being in a romantic relationship outside of that. I feel that's always come very easily to me. Yeah. But when it comes to romantic interactions and specifically when it comes to me. Yeah. <laughs> Like I definitely came from a space of uh, yeah, I'll just I'm just gonna meet someone, and when I meet them, I'll be like this, you know, I'll be unformatted, you know, and when I meet this person, I'll get formatted to like this person and get acclimated. I literally had that. Really? Yes. It's the first time I'm hearing that. 110. percent Like I'll I'll just we'll mold together, and I'll be like, yes, this is our relationship. And then I had to like step step forward and ground myself and have an opinion about certain things. And it, that took work and it was uncomfortable as hell mm. uh, to give any kind of pushback. Yeah, I think especially when you're like, if you're in, like I used to, um, I've been in like management positions a lot where I'm cultivating community, like at a, at a gym or something like that. Like I ran a martial arts schools and also just doing like sales stuff in general. Like, and I want people to feel, yeah, I had that approach of like, with people like here, you're in this container now that I'm, I hear you, I see you, I feel you, like this is the space. And then learning how to, and then I came from like a lineage of women who were very like, this is my opinion and you know, like, so (laughs) (laughs) 
it was like, you know, finding that space of that balance, right. Of like being able to like hold that space and not feel like, you know, the pushover that I was told not to be, but then also not over and other, you know, yeah, it was a kind of what I was either like really assertive or like really pushover. It's super interesting, you know, how we show up in relationship to relationship or like work and life, all <laughs> life, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> all but, life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In just terms of the work aspect of it, <laughs> like I've just always been really good at being able to deliver information and have it with a smile. Like it's firm and it's also just like, <laughs> listen, <laughs> that's real sus. Like there, there was one instance where we were, I was covering a wedding with, with a friend of mine and the management would not repeat what they had shared with her in terms of like what was happening during the reception. It was like, I already told you. I was standing there and I was just like, well, you have not told me. I was like, tell me and while she's standing right here and I will hear the thing that you're saying. I was like, oh man, like we're not here. We're all working together to give our clients the best service we possibly can. So I was just like, dog, like calm down. <laughs> just, right. You you're like, yourself. what's the power struggle happening? Like just relax. Like, what's going internally for you? I see a lot's happening for you. Yes. <laughs> well, it's a, you know, it's a gift to be able to do that. And it's a skill to be able to do that in a way. Cause I usually do it in a way that people get burned because I'm like, Oh, you want to play? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here's my fire whip. Let me yeah, lasso like, you with it. <laughs> fire be coming out, but watch out. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, you should. And there's should time and place. Yeah, yeah. Time right? and place. There's time and place. For sure. So let's hone this in a little bit more about, you know, your healing journey. And you have so many talents and gifts, you know, jujitsu and music, and you create amazing, beautiful crystals and jewelry. And one I'm wearing right now, I'm wearing a necklace. <laughs> Brad is wearing a necklace too. Uh, <laughs> it's gorgeous. I can't. It's really beautiful. Those that are on the, that are listening can't see it, but they can feel it. You can feel the (laughs) crystal energy through the waves. You know, you can. I'm like holding it with my hands right now. So, how do you use these talents and these gifts, right? And these creative outlets to heal? And collectively, how do you do that? How do we do that? Okay. How do I use them to heal? I think that really. Again, it comes back to that taking time. I think that coming back to the, I think Nikki put it perfectly with the nourishment and the sustenance. Like that really is the root of that for me. So I, having gotten Lyme disease when I was 20-ish or so, I'm 39 now. So when I got that, I was like 20 years old and 21, almost 22 when it was like diagnosed. And it was before people really had a good dialogue about it and knew what to do. And I was a mess. And I can talk about that in terms of the, because that really is the flow of like what brought me to here. But essentially over the years, I had to really learn how to craft my life in a way that made sense for my health. And it was hard. It is hard for me to like do a regular, like if I was to go and be like, hi, I'm going to show up at your office and do these things. Like consistency in terms of my energy and my mental processing isn't always where it, it could be. And that was something that it just took me a while to accept, but also really threw me into my creative practice in the sense that like, I know I can show up for myself the best I can in these ways. And then owning that whole piece of like stepping into the role of like, I didn't really notice it until I would have conversations like this where people are like, oh, you just, you love to create. And I was like, yes, I guess that is what I basically do at any time I can. I want to make things. I love to make things. I just really, it like really feeds my soul and makes me feel like myself. 
And so in terms of the tools, I think my tools for healing are things that help me connect with that feeling, that help me connect with a feeling that has come up throughout my life in random special moments where you're just like, oh, okay. I get it for like, you know, those three seconds. You're like, wow, the world, my life is crazy. So I, <laughs> this is the meaning of life. Right. Yeah. And I just forgot it. And I remembered it again and it's gone. <laughs> uh, I went to Catholic school. I just really was fascinated with saints and sainthood. I was like obsessed with the fact that they could do miracles. I didn't know anything about like magical things at all. I just, I spent a lot of time in nature and I knew that saints perform miracles and then they became saints. And I was like, wow, they're just like d- helping people and doing miracle. And I was like, I want to do this. <laughs> I love that. How do I become a saint? <laughs> I, was like, I was like obsessed with that. I know. It was so That's weird. amazing. <laughs> it was like, do I need to become a nun? Should I do that? And just, I was like really, really interested in that. I went to Spain. I did like interchanges when I was little. I went to Norway and to Finland. So like uh, there was a couple years in a row. So instead of doing summer camps, I would go and stay with kids from other countries. And the first one was like kids from all over the world. So there, you know, it was like, it was so, that was so illuminating in so many ways. Cause it was just like, I was 11, you know, and now I'm with kids from like everywhere, like 60 different countries. And we're just like seeing ourselves and other people from somewhere else. And then, so one of the years I went to Spain and we were in a cathedral and I remember I had like the first time, it was just like one of those feelings where I just felt, I don't know, just the the presence of the divine or whatever. And it wasn't a religious thing. It was just like a moment that happened. And I was like, I think I was 13 and I was just like, what? I was like, that was crazy. Like there's something really magical that's here in our lives that we can like touch. And then I think a few months later, I was driving. I wasn't driving. I was 13. I was about to say 13. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Flight riding. And I was like, wow. No. (laughs) My dad was I can do anything. (laughs) No, I was uh, in the passenger seat and I was looking at the window and it was nighttime and I was looking at the stars and my dad, I think, was driving. And I had the feeling all of a sudden everything was just like, there's something really, really special that we can touch. So those two feelings, I think at that time in my life really set a course for me to try to come back to that place. I always knew it was available and I wasn't really sure how I, you know, it was like I walked into like another world for a second and was like, oh my God, like it's funny. I've never really talked about this in like a, a setting. So like here we are. <laughs> um, yeah. This is good stuff. So throughout my life, I've had that again, but it's been very much more intentional to come back to that place because I knew that if I could step into that, then it really didn't, it was irrelevant sort of maybe what is going on in my life, but how am I going to be living in my life? I think it's happened many times where I've had to come back and the creativity part of it is like the action. That's the part, the action that I can take in the world to bring me to that place. So that would be the t- the healing. And I think that that's when we talk about healing tools, when we had talked before about like, what would you want to talk about? And I think for me, it's so important to share at least my, I'll just say my life perspective is that, you know, as much as I love crystals and I love tarot decks and I love all the things, the singing bowls, I love singing bowls, like, but all of it, it are there tools to help us access that part of ourselves. And it's very easy to forget how to get there even if we do this stuff for a living, even if we you know, read all the books and do all the things, especially if we're already sensitive to the needs of other people, to their energy and their perspective, it's very easy 
to slip back into kind of, you know, the, the muggle point of view, right? So (laughs) yeah, to fall asleep, so to speak. Yeah. 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 So to disconnect. Exactly. So, and I don't know about with you guys, I know I've felt there've been like the, the cycles where I can go, okay, like it around, you know, every couple of years or so I go, wait a second. I think I'm, you know, it happened for me about soft two and a half years ago where I went, oh, I'm not living again. I'm like not living. I'm not living. And I legit, I mean, I like overhauled my entire life. Like I left relationship. I moved. I, I mean, I like was like, oh, and I was like, all right, life is fleeting, right? Like I've seen enough young people leave and the people left behind who thought they had more time with them that made me, I like witnessed it so many times. And with the people that I was around that I was like, I need to make sure that I really absorb like these moments, right? Like this, right? Like how this is sacred. This is special. I try to come back to that, like that, to acknowledge that there's the sacred moment in all of our moments. It's very nice to say that right now, right? Like it's, that's a practice. (laughs) Like it's like, oh yeah, that's a practice though. But that really is how I've like tried to devote my life practice is to acknowledge that it's sort of my existential bent as a kid growing up being like, what is life? And one day we're not going to be here anymore. You know, like that for me was a big theme. So like that, even though it's a little emo of me, it also helps. Me. <laughs> it's a lot emo of me. It <laughs> totally. <laughs> my purple. Uh, I was supposed to be lavender and I'm just like, hey, hot topic with that. It's popping. Yeah. It's popping. <laughs> You guys, we're on podcast. People can't see you. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's being emo by like getting his his like emo hair, which he doesn't have my, in my his emo face. Hair and, is, are my finger yeah. t- my fingertips? His and fingertips, I, and he's brushed like, them out of your face. Right. And he's like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> Give me some of that music that it screams and it's real soft at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's happening right now. If you if you were like, I don't hear anything, but they're laughing. What's funny? We're doing emo that's charades. What's funny. <laughs> Emo charades. There you go. You know that was a thing, did you? Well, it is. It is. It's official. You know, I love. I teared up at that. <laughs> you know, I feel so much love for you right now, Greta. I really do. My heart. Just the offering of what you're saying right now is, um, in and of itself, for me, feels really healing. You just said so much, <laughs> and um, and I'm just like, my heart's like, yes, yes, yes. It's connection. You know, and it's, it's really so much of, you know, what you just spoke to about when you were younger and the way these seeds were planted, you know, and they were planted for you in a way that you knew, like you, you know, you had these connections, these awarenesses at a really young age Mm -hmm. for me. And I literally, I've just been connecting with this now recently is that some of these things were planted and I didn't know. I couldn't know yet. Like it wasn't time, right? Like it wasn't time for me to know. I wasn't able to do anything with them because I was in a pretty deep survival space. But I'm starting to understand as I go pretty deep, right, into the rabbit hole that is consciousness and, and universal understanding and that deep stuff is that like, oh shit, like there were things that were planted that were these seeds that have just been waiting for me for all this time, for years, you know? And, um, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful when we can connect with how held we are and how loved we are by ourselves, like by our wisdom and by that, that deep knowing of who we are inside of ourselves and by, you know, the universe or God or whoever, you know, you connect with. Yeah. <laughs> you are the one you've been waiting for. Yeah. Real talk. 
It's true. So thank you for, you know. Oh my God, absolutely. I love that, that the seeds are waiting there. And I, I often think of things, I have a, a friend who is a mentor to me growing up, but I consider her a friend and a teacher. She's actually somebody you guys should, you would love to talk to. Yes, please. Yes, please. She has her PhD in feminist mythology, I believe. As we connected as adults, we would talk a lot about, you know, the how mythology shows up in our life and like the regeneration of uh, Mary Magdalene energy, basically. So there's like, the maiden mother crone and then her whole dissertation is on Mary Magdalene. We would talk a lot about cycles because she traveled a lot. And then we would meet back at home where I was in Westchester. And it was like, we would meet, you know, like on the holidays, right? You just kind of like cycle back around. You're like, you know, it's an evolution and a revolution of the year or whatever. And then kind of how you, you're in the same time and space, but things are different. It's like esoterically really interesting to be in that space, right? And I know I moved back to my, when I left my old relationship, I moved back to my mom for a year and to be in my old bedroom and talk about the seeds that are planted, right? Like that was one of the most healing experiences, even though I was like, oh my God, I'm 38, I guess it was the time. And I'm living in my whole bedroom with my mom and I have no idea what I'm about to do next. And like, I just walked away from everything that I, you know, had that I thought was me and my identity. And then I was like, okay. So it was like a compare and contrast throughout each day of the cycles and the seeds of like, these are some of the seeds that were, especially musically, I wrote all my music that I came back, like that my music that was like mine officially, I wrote all of it in the same bedroom that I learned how to play music in. I wrote my first song. Wow. Mm -hmm. Full circle. Yeah. And I felt that too, was like, oh, this is the seed that I was not acknowledging that I had that agency to also just write what I wanted. That was very much when you say the creativity and the tools and the healing. For me, the biggest part in the past like two years has been stepping into the fact that I am a songwriter on my own and I can do it with other people as well, right? Like both can exist. And that really just like the plant started growing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Created a forest. Yeah. Sorry, mm -hmm. that was a bit of a tangent, but I didn't as okay. too. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for it. We're here for it. So, you know, I use a lot of these tools as well, right? Like I'm holding two crystals right now. So you should grab them mid conversation. Yeah, I did. I was like, I need some grounding. I'm going to grab some crystals. <laughs> you were talking about routine, maybe, maybe before we got on this call. The idea that like, I know what I need to take care of myself and every day I'm learning it's a little different, but like I have <laughs> so many tools that I use and a lot of them are in that creative sense, right? If they're not, and I believe that they are because I think creativity is kind of rooted in everything. Just like I think sex is rooted in everything. You know, we had an interview at the end yesterday. We were talking about how sex is in everything. And Nick was like, well, everything. And I'm like, yeah, because sex is creativity. Like sex is the creative force. Like that's, it's all connected. And it's just however you want to weave that, so to speak. Almost like I'm talking about sex right now in this moment as not even like, not the act, but the energy of it. Yeah, yeah you know? Yeah. I got you in terms of like uh, yeah. the two energies coming together to create something. Like, sure. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go back to collaboration. Yeah, it's yeah. collaboration, you yeah. know, and it doesn't even need to be with another person. Like, I'm not even talking about it like that tangibly. Like, yeah. it's more just this idea that there's this creative energy in everything, right? Yes. And so, you know, back to this idea of like, just me taking care of myself for a while, I was so rigid in what I did. You know, it was like, I work out 
and I meditate and I shower and I need to do this every day. And I'm talking like that because that's the energy about it. There's an aggressiveness to it. Yeah. Because I was like, I need to take care of myself. God damn it. Like, <laughs> rather, you know? rather, rather than being like, I need to take care of myself. It was just like, rah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, also like rather than being like, how do I need to take care of myself yeah. today? What does that look like? Do I have to do this meditation? Because this is what I always do. You know, do I have to do these things? And so now more recently, it's I'm starting to loosen that grip. Because for me, routine is rooted a lot of times in control and control is rooted in safety. Yeah. And so I'm starting to pull back and be like, what do I need today? You know, do I need a bath? And okay, I'm not going to work out. And that's okay. Right. Because then we get into all that, you know, body image and what that means and what I need to look like. And, you know, and so making these conscious choices for ourselves and what we need and how we can heal. And it's not even how we can heal. That is the healing is recognizing, you know, that we can use whatever it is around us to heal, but ultimately it's us. It's the choices that we make. It all comes down to a choice. It all comes down to choice. Yeah. And choosing what's authentic in the moment. I'm going to share a really silly thing that I do. (laughs) Yes. We love silly things. Okay. One thing is that like, I totally, I was exact. I was so like, I need to do ah, super type A, which is when I got sick, then everything just like shit hit the fan. Like I just fell apart completely. And I still tried to like do and do. And it's funny right now I'm actually doing so many things, but I actually, I finally pretty much gotten to a place where I'm very like, well, I'm doing a fight in a week and a half. I like to do stuff that scares me because I'm pretty much scared of everything as ever since I was a kid. So like, I like to do stuff like that because then I survive and I go, oh, I did it. And it wasn't, (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't as bad as I thought. Like, and I've learned to like reparent myself in a way like that a little bit. It's like, you can just try it. You may. And the thing I love about jujitsu is that you don't always win and you sometimes just get smashed and it's fine. You survive. Everybody's cool. Everybody has a good, you know, like you learn something. You're like, oh, well, I learned a thing or like, I didn't learn a thing. (laughs) You know, like it's very, it takes the energetic, like emotional charge of like succeed and fail kind of off the table. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like you have like a micro focus on like just learning how to like move your foot at the right time or like grab a thing at the right time or like, so to me that's been, and also body image wise, I should say that's, I mean, I now I'm thinking, can I lift a person off of me <laughs> as opposed to, <laughs> am I fitting in, like, am I fitting a certain thing that, I mean, it's a little different, which is huge for me because I still struggle with the body image stuff, but it's helped me like not think about it as much. I'm like, I just want to be strong and able, right? Redirect. Oh my God. Focus. Yeah. 110%. I can relate to that. Like, be in this body currently. Like I, I feel like I'll I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, word. And then I'll try to be like, why don't I work out? <laughs> like I'm mm-hmm. like, it, it's the endorphins. Like I really enjoy it. And like, yeah, I, I try to connect with the idea. Like I like the idea of just working on my strength. And rather than being like, mm, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing in this mirror. It's and like, it can be both. It's, it can be both, but it, like I, that's real, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is real. But a part of me feels like, I don't know, in terms of body image specifically too, it's just like, as a man, I wrestle with like what I should look like or what it's supposed to look like, or I wish this was this way and wish that was that way. But also in the space of like what you do in, your, in terms of fear, like you hear so many, like, uh, I don't know, celebrities in general who are like, it's okay to be afraid but still do the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's okay. Yeah, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah, fear's fine. Fear's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like I said, like it's the whole like existential thing. I think from when I was young, I just, I definitely, I was like afraid of tall cousins. I was afraid of like, you know what I mean? Like I was afraid of everything. And even as an adult, like I, for sure, all of, it's not easy, right? Like it's not easy to be like, yeah, I mean, the girls I'm fighting are all like regular competitors and they're 20 pounds heavier than me probably and a lot taller than me. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to do it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Get it. We have a joke in my family. We just say like, it'll rub off. We're like, eh, it'll rub off. <laughs> so back to like the type A thing now. I got to around 30 or so, I guess. And I probably, Brittany, have talked to you about it before. But Tosha Silver's book, Outrageous Openness, basically became like my like Bible. Outrageous Openness. Okay. Outrageous Openness, Tosha Silver. She's got several books, but that book is a great place to start, especially if, you know, you've done so much work around like the manifesting and like getting your energy right and setting your vision and being like, this is what I like envision and see, and this is where I'm going, but like keep running into roadblocks or running yourself into the ground and that kind of thing. It's her whole, everything she does is a basically non-grasping or a paragraha and like letting go and surrender in a way that is so beautiful. It was so healing for me. Anytime I find myself needing things to go a certain way, I go back and I listen and I just like pull up a chapter and I listen or I like pull up her talking on a podcast and it's like her voice and everything and the way that for me at least, and I I think it resonates with a lot of people that, you know, I've like passed this along and people that I've seen who've also read or listened to her work. She's just got a really great way of transmuting that information of surrender, like what that really means and that whole non-grasping, like an open hand, right? And the thing for me, I've sort of taken that work and gone, okay, it's part action and it's part surrender and it's a collaboration again, you know? So it's being able to pay attention to when you're like, yeah, I need to meditate and do this meditation this way. And I have to do because I know I will get into a routine where I'm like in this and it has to be like this. And then when they don't go that way and I start getting overwhelmed and then I'm like, uh, so the, the silly thing that I wanted to share is that what I've been doing recently, because I'm incredibly ADD, like I'm like, ah, oh, that's a cool thing. This is a cool thing. And then I have like a billion things, which goes with the creative spirit. So usually in the morning, especially being self-employed and having several, like I have my jewelry business and then I have music. So I have to kind of like figure out what the best thing is to do that day for a couple days of the week, it's kind of up in the air sometimes, like if we're doing an interview or if I'm doing whatever. So I've started flipping a coin. (laughs) I've been doing that for little things. Like, should I, uh, like I have an hour or two to either like go on a walk or take a nap, right? Both could be great, right? And the AP part of me and the like routine control part of me is like, which one's better? But if I, you know, and I'll spend, used to spend too much time deliberating over that. And now I just go like, I'm flipping a coin, heads this, tails this. And it it saves me so much. It's stuff that it's not necessarily huge, huge decisions, but it's kind of like that, that it's the control stuff. Like today, should I photograph my products or should I finish this song? Because both I could do either. Yeah. Yeah. Both are valuable. It's been, my boyfriend laughed because I'm like, I'm flipping a coin because I can't make a decision. (laughs) And he's like, flip that coin, babe. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing this, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of those things that I find funny because I came, you know, so much with like, I did pendulum work and I did my tarot cards and I did, you know, like a lot of, a lot of efforting into letting go. And once you practice it enough, it's, easy to be like, okay, get aligned. All right. I'm flipping this coin. (laughs) Heads is this, tails is that. And then you just go, you just, you move on to the next thing. I love that. (laughs) That's great. So we're going to move on to some rapid fire questions. Okay. Okay. Some might be a little sexy. (laughs) Maybe we'll say what I'm feeling. 
just brief and honest, basically. Okay. I'll do my best at brief. Something that brings you pleasure. Could be anything. Nature walks is my favorite. That's one thing I haven't talked about during this. Nature walks. Like that's probably the most important thing to me in terms of like finding that space. And with my boyfriend, like when we go explore and and nature walks. Beautiful. Mm. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? I want to float. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? No flying. You just want to be like... <laughs> like I'm ter- Don't I'm ter- judge for ter- I'm, I'm just being getting specific. <laughs> I know. Like I probably could think about that while you said quick rapid fire. I could probably think about that long time with a much better answer. <laughs> I don't really want to fly at top speeds. You know what I mean? I just kind of want to be able to like float. <laughs> I like that. I love it. I love it. I'm, just get, I'm going to be clear. It's like it's the feminine version of flying, like Superman. I feel it. You want to float through nature. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> if there was a food that could give you an orgasm, what would it be? Or if a food has given you an orgasm, what is it? Meg <laughs> Ryan. I mean, I love a cheeseburger. Yeah, I love a cheeseburger. Some good sushi or nachos. I love food. <laughs> When do you feel most vulnerable? When I'm embarrassed. Yeah. If I feel like I said something like stupid or yeah, or like if I don't know something that everybody seems to understand what's going on and I like verbalize it, that doesn't, yeah, that's like very vulnerable. I can relate for sure. Mm. (laughs) Seems on par with what we're talking about. One way you're taking care of yourself right now. Letting myself sleep more. I have a hard time sleeping in, but I'm trying to let myself, because I feel like if I wake up later, like I need a lot of in-between time to switch gears usually. So if I sleep in, I don't have as much time to do that. I'm trying to prioritize my sleep. Something you're insecure about. Most things, if I'm being very honest about it, most things. Sure. You know, I was talking about like, I think I don't know, as much as I feel that I know myself, I don't know how... I am received maybe in the world sometimes, right? And I try not to think about it too much, but you can tell I love jujitsu and it's for many reasons because this is another example where, you know, like with the competition, right? Like I could either be super prepared and do great or be really not prepared and not do well. I don't know. I really don't have an idea of where my skill level is. Like I don't really know with any of this stuff. I just know that if I, and like with music or with jewelry, you know, like I'm always like, ah, people are like, oh my God, it's amazing. I'm like, so my thing is because I feel like that most of the time, I just try to show up. So what is romance for you? Somebody who can really have a good conversation, listening, paying attention and being engaged. Like that's very, like, I think that was the thing with my boyfriend. He was so, anything that I say, he's listened He's now giving me a, another take on something like he's building on it in a way that I feel heard and we're now engaged in more of a, a deeper conversation. You know, when you started and you were like saying, or you did like a blessing, and I've heard you say this before about like feeling heard and seen, that's the most romantic thing. If I'm telling him like a story or something, or if I'm talking about something and he's like, yeah, but he's like, that's cool. But also, did you think about that? Or like, you know, whatever, like, have you heard about whatever, something in relation to it and taking it deeper. That's beautiful. Yeah. Attention. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Greta, for this beautiful. That was great. Thank you so, so much. Really connected conversation. You are such a gift. Thank you guys so much. What's something that uh, you're excited about that you have going on that you want to share? We'll share all your socials and how to get you later, but what's going on right now? 
10 year anniversary for Hawker Tours coming up in April. So that's super exciting. Basically this month going to do a lot of like clearance stuff and just kind of like move space from the past. But we got a really, a bunch of really cool stuff coming up in April. I'm going to be doing um, some herbalism products and we just put some merch out. So we're going to continue with that. So that's very cool. I'm working on more songs, so I'll be putting them out kind of as they're done. Like there's one song I'm completely, completely obsessed with and I can't wait to finish it. So I don't know when it's going to be done. I just, I'm obsessed with it. And uh, yeah, you can watch me maybe get my ass kicked in a week and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this probably will have aired much later, but but we're sending you so much, so much confidence and power and strength and love. It's like (laughs) where people go like, I just hope both teams have fun is kind of my approach. (laughs) It'll be something no matter what. (laughs) Exactly. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys so much. I love that you guys are doing this and thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Love, love, love. I really love this idea of um, creativity and as uh, this collaboration in, in like so many ways. Maybe it's a dance for sure. And it's uh, it's super valid. I love that idea. I, I can end with a lot of what, what uh, Greta had to say today. Me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm really feeling it like in my body. And I love how that conversation felt really connected in some of the things that it brought up that maybe were a little bit unexpected, like Very you much. know what Greta was sharing when she was younger. And yeah. it's really beautiful to look back on our journeys of, especially as when we were younger and just being like, oh, wow, there was something there like trying to show me something or there was something there that was meant for my protection when that happens, I have the, the just the feeling of um, how loved I am and not because of being in relationship with someone, Yeah, but just because I am, just because we are. Mm-hmm. Life's full of, like, our lives are full of many, like, small blessings that have added to who we are as, as people. Yeah. Even the hard things. Like, it's all, it's all made of who we are in this very moment. Yeah. And that's really beautiful. Thank you so much for listening. Follow Greta at Hawk Couture and Ultraviolet on Instagram. That's A-L-T-A-R, Violet. You can check out Greta's website at hawkcouture.com. Follow me at sexually underscore liberated on Instagram. And check out my website at brittanypolacastro.com. Follow me at Nick Anthony Photo on Instagram and check out my website at nickantony.com editing by Audionauts music by Greta Hopper who you just heard (laughs) please leave us a five star review share this podcast it really does go a long way when you do that stuff and we really want to continue to to spread this love so help us do that please please until next time thank you for being